Creativity, Episode 7. I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and so a lot of my life was about struggle, and so my creativity was so much more in a work area. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity Podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. Hello and welcome to the Own Your Creativity podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnston, your host. And today we're going to be talking to Candace Campbell. She is a PhD and the author of the number one best-selling book, 12 Weeks to Self-Healing, Transforming Pain Through Energy Medicine. And her more recent publication is Live Intuitively, Journal the Wisdom of Your Soul. For more than 30 years, Candace Campbell has been journaling and guiding others in the writing process. She has been teaching intuition for over 20 years and assisting others to gain their own inner wisdom to make right choices the first time and live a life of abundance, happiness, and joy. Welcome, Candace. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me on your show. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. So we learned a little bit about you in the bio that I just uh, read. So can you elaborate a little bit more and kind of fill in some details for us? Okay, yeah, I have um, I have a house and I, I live in Spokane. I have a house right across from the Spokane River. And so, so much of my life, um, you know, every day is about nature and walking walking my dog along the river. And I get a lot of inspiration that way. I'm, you know, constantly blogging and um, I just, I just love it. I'm one mile from downtown and it's not unusual for me to have a um, deer in my backyard. And, and so it just is a really nice way to live. Candice, that location that you live in sounds so gorgeous to be so close to nature and at the same time so close to the downtown. I, I just, that's an ideal situation. Can you tell us a little bit about your definition of creativity? And I'm, I'm sure that it has something to do with all that walking in nature that you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I was thinking about that. When I, when I think about creativity, for me, it's ideas that come to me and then I just express them in a, in a physical form. And um, it's also the same way I work with manifesting. I, I see something on the mental reflective plane, mm -hmm. and then I manifest it in the physical. And, and so creativity is a lot similar for me in, in manifesting. So can you give us an example of how creativity manifests itself in your life? Well, I, you know, what I was saying about blogging, when I walk, you know, I'm, I'm blogging often or, um, and, and then, um, dreams is another way, you know, when I dream, I often will talk my dream into my um, iPhone and then email it to myself. And often that becomes something that I create in the physical. So you actually wake up in the middle of the night and, and uh, talk into your iRecorder. <laughs> okay is that what you do I'm, I'm a mental health therapist that doesn't sound very good <laughs> <laughs> no but it's interesting that you have that tool you know that right beside your bed because oftentimes people will say you know have a journal uh, right beside your bed because when you wake up in the middle of the night with a great idea you're not going to remember it when you wake up in the morning and that you know to get it down right right away right yes I do I you know I used to have a journal by my bed to do that but now I find it easier just to talk into my iPhone and then just email myself the email 
Yeah, that's, yeah, that's much easier. But yes, <laughs> yeah, sounds like a great idea. Very efficient. And, um, and so when you are walking in nature, you said that you're blogging at the same time. So how does that work? Well, generally, you know, it's it's like a meditative state. I do what I call walking meditation all the time. And especially when you're, you know, in nature by the river and that, you know, very different than mall walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so information, you know, gets channeled all the time. And um, so, you know, creativity often comes from our higher self. Yes. And so I get those ideas and then just start, you know, working them. And then generally, by the time I get home, I have enough points that I can pull back on that and, and write it out. Oh, okay. So is there a time in your life where you were disconnected from your creativity? And what was that like? Tell us the story about disconnected from creativity and the effects that might have had on you. Okay, well, you know, there's, there's a couple things I, I think about. One one is that I was a, you know, I, I grew up in a dysfunctional family and very much had a survival attitude about life. And, you know, so it's always struggling and working and surviving and that, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, I understand I can, I can manifest on a higher level and not have to go into effort so much. So a lot of my life was about struggle. And so my creativity was so much more in a work area. Like I used to run a drug treatment program, inpatient, outpatient, and I created the curriculum for that. Through school, I would create projects and that, but it was always about kind of survival and money making and that. And it's just more recently that I'm moving into creativity for the fun of it and, and hooking from that um, what I call compulsive creating. Mm-hmm. What's that? Well, you know, some I notice with writers and different creatives, there's there's two ways you can go with this. One is that you get stuck, you have writer's block, or you're struggling, you can't get an idea, or you can't find your muse, and and then it's kind of like pulling teeth to you know get movement. Right. For, for me, I'm on the other end of that. I refer to myself as a compulsive creative, and and so you know balance is really good for creatives period so I'm on the other spectrum so for me I'm creating constantly and and so I always have new ideas and new things I'm writing and that but what happens with that is if I'm not really careful with it I have like a hundred projects that aren't finished or I'm just constantly exhausted and um so the balance you know it's the shadow side of one of the shadow sides of the creative Right. So how do you achieve that balance? Well, what, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing now is a lot of how I do it is through journaling. And, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I guess I'll talk about my two books now. My, my first book, 12 Weeks to Self-Healing, Transforming Pain Through Energy Medicine, that book came out of my doctorate. And, and I loved studying and, and having, you know, doing my doctorate. And, and this was the dissertation. And then I rewrote it and brought more spiritual stuff into it. And the book was, it's very clinical. It's very, there's a lot of tools. And I love it because it's more like a reference book. You can go back and, and just delve into it and get 
all kinds of information. The book that I um, just published, Live Intuitively, Journal the Wisdom of Your Soul, my experience with that book is different because I'm going to be sitting in groups of men and women journaling and teaching them to be able to read themselves psychically the same way that I read people psychically. And then also teaching them to be able to do their own group. So, so it'll be all of these little groups that will be, you know, going on their own. So I'm giving birth to all of this in more of a, um, it's kind of a grounded, gentle, peaceful way, not, not so academic. So what are some of the things that you suggest for people who are compulsive creators to regain some balance in their life and not to kind of burn out? Well, I, you know, when I was a bluebird, <laughs> A long time ago, there's the bluebirds and then the campfire girls. The one, yeah, the one promise I remember, you know, I'd hold my my little hand up and I would say, I promise to finish what I begin. And so that's one of the tools that I have now is that I'll take one thing and I'll complete it. And, and that helps a lot. And the others I put, I have a mental cue. So I'll put things in a cue. And, and then, of course, you know, I'm, I, there's different kinds of art artists and, and creatives. Some are really flowy and they're colorful and they move into a room and take up the whole room and they're you know they're big and and broad strokes and then others of us are kind of like architects you know we have it highly organized and angled and and that and and that's more the way that I do it and so I put things in my organizational cues and then just finish one thing at a time and and that really helps is there a time when you think back on your creative life, your engagement with creative things that you had an aha moment about the meaning of creativity or the importance of it to your life? You know, I, I did. And, it, you know, it's so interesting that we're doing this now because this was not that long ago. I It's, you know, age really helps, you know, looking back at, at what we are doing and what we want. And in September, I went down to Sisters, Oregon, and I um, facilitated a workshop around this book at, that when it was an upcoming book and I love doing that it just my heart was so open to these women and, and and the whole process and it was really inspirational for me you know to get the book completed and to make sure I did it you know when you do a book you want to get it really refined you want it to be exactly what you want it to be and you know I didn't want to hurry and so doing that group was really wonderful but my friend that I was with there has a queen archetype and so she's really gregarious and has a lot of friends and she talks to people all the time and has all this energy and on the way to the airport we were having a conversation when she was taking me to the airport to fly back home and in that conversation I really got clear on how introverted I am and how for me I love doing that group because it was grounded we were in our hearts it was very centered it was internal process and then sharing and what I'm comfortable with but I realized that for many years I kept trying to be more, you know, I travel internationally and I do workshops internationally and I have, you know, a lot of international clients through Skype. And so I'm always, I've always been looking, you know, at the next place I'm going to go. And what I realized is what I really like is going inward, how introverted I am. And so that was real helpful for me to understand that. And and so because of that, um, right after that, this is the manifesting piece, right after that, I got an email about the national novel writing and I had not I've never written a novel I didn't have I had an idea but not an outline or anything 
And so in November, I, I just sat down and started writing. And by the end of November, I have over 50,000 words in my first novel. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, I just loved it. And, and it just, what I realized about that is that pulling in and that doing that, I, you know, I felt, oh, I, well, sometimes I felt manic. <laughs> <laughs> I felt elated. I felt excited. There was, you know, I, I didn't eat at night. I wrote at night. You know, I, I didn't look for outside of myself for mm -hmm. comfort or whatever. I, I wrote and, and it just was so fulfilling. I just loved it so much. I've had that experience too, when you're, when you're really in the flow of the work that there, there's nothing more exciting to just get up every day and know that's your job is to do the writing. Yes. Yeah. And that's where what I learned is deadlines for me are really important because I, you know, having to write, you know, almost 1700 words a day, you know, that deadline was really important. So we come to the part of the program called the Creative Surge segment. And this is just short answer questions. Are you ready, Candice? I am. I am. Excellent. Okay. So what is the best advice you've ever received? I think I, I, the best advice I ever received, I got in a journal process from my body telling me to slow down. And, and that was um, a few years before, you know, I didn't listen. And then I suffered from adrenal fatigue, which I write about in my first book. And that was through the process of journaling and listening to your body. Yeah, a message from my body came through. It was really bizarre. It said something like, I don't want to hear anymore about you not exercising or you have to watch your food or, you know, all of this stuff. And it just really came at me very hard. It said, if you don't slow down, I'm going to make you. And just, you know, I have that journal wow. piece still just, you know, hit me hard. <laughs> and did I listen? No. <laughs> And so a few years later, I had adrenal fatigue, which put me down for quite a while. So, Oh, my goodness. That message that you received, the way that you delivered, it just gave me goosebumps. It just is so powerful. Yeah, it really was. And, and you know, I, I'm sorry about all the self-promotion, but that is the reason that I wrote this second book for myself and other people, that we get those intuitive hits and we don't listen. Right. And so, you know, to just give ourselves permission to listen. Yeah, I think it's really important to do that. And it's very easy to forget that in our frenetic lifestyles today. Mm -hmm. Can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success? I, I think one is, is small steps. And, and, you know, I do all kinds of manipulating with myself. So if it's that I want to, you know, ride my, my bike, my recumbent bike, uh, upstairs, I, I say, okay, Candace, you know, you're going to ride for five minutes, you know, and then I usually go for a half an hour. But if I ride for five minutes, then I get credit. The, the same with writing. For writing, I'll say, okay, I'm going to write for 15 minutes today. Well, I might write for two or three hours. But if I write for 15 minutes, like, yay, I did it. Yeah. Small steps help me a lot. Oh, yeah. I love that technique. I recommend that to my students all the time. Just for five minutes. Set the timer for five minutes. And then if you don't want to do any more, that's okay. At least you did those five minutes and pat yourself on the back. But usually, once you start it, you don't want to stop. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Who inspires you to be creative? I'm a Goodreads author. And I got something 
that um, came up on my phone saying that there was an author that was talking down at Auntie's one night. And so I went down there and um, it was Sherry Jones and she writes several books, but one of them that she, um, I just finished reading was Four Sisters, All Queens. And it was set in 1400s, I believe, in Europe. And it's a, based on a true story that, you know, all these four sisters were all queens. And it, it just was such a wonderful novel. So watching her do these historical novels has been inspirational. And then more recently, I binged on Outlander on TV. And then I bought the book. And I'm so excited at the story. But I want to look and see how she did point of view and also the sex scenes, because I've written a few um, scenes in my in my novel, but I want them to be tasteful, but also stimulating. And so those two people right now are, are the people who inspire me the most. And do you have a favorite work of art? You know, that my favorite song, and this is a little... Um, <laughs> it's a little heavy for some people, but I love Leonard Cohen's Joan of Arc. Oh, yeah. It it just stirs me, the the spirituality and the um, sexuality that, that you know, I, I know that I've lived many lifetimes um, in those ways as a goddess, and that depth and the connection of those two powers are really powerful, and, and I love Leonard Cohen. I, I have a photo of myself with him, and Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> when did you meet him? I met him a few years ago when, when I was at a concert and afterwards. And of course, I you know, he's got his arm around me and I look like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> but, you know, I always think, you know, if Leonard Cohen is touching you, almost anybody would like look like a deer in headlights. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? I, I think the quote that I live by and, and that I like the most is by Carolyn Mace. She's a medical intuitive. She says that your biography is your biology. And so a lot of what I teach is, you know, as a mental health therapist, as a psychic medium, as a coach and an author, all of those I, I teach that how we live our life ends up in our physical body. I, I just love that. Your biography is your biology. Yeah, I think that people don't realize sometimes how much our body retains the experiences that we have and that we don't really connect to it because we live so much in our head. But I think part of the creative process is connecting your head to your body. Yes. Yeah. Can I share a story about that? Sure. I this this happened a long, long time ago, probably oh maybe I was probably in my mid twenties, maybe early late twenties, early thirties. But I was at a workshop in Boise, Idaho, and we were doing it had to do, I think, with the emotions under eating. And one of the exercises that we did is we were blindfolded and then we walked around you know, and we would run into each other gently and that and just kind of explore like a trust exercise. Well, somebody poked me and I immediately started crying. I just was like, you know, that big cry, like, you know, the Oprah calls the ugly cry. You know, I was down on the floor and crying and crying. And what came to me is I saw myself being poked 
over and over and over and over again as an infant before I was able to turn over. You know, I was young enough that I couldn't turn over on my own. I was laying on my back. Well, when I looked at that during that workshop, I it made sense to me. I, I had a brother who was five years older. And I'm sure what happened is when, you know, mom brought the baby home, he would just be poking me because, you know, he was curious. And it was nothing negative on his part. It's just, you know, a little kid poking the baby. <laughs> But that got stuck in my body. And so many years later, it came through in that experience. And, and so that's why doing body work is so important to healing, because we have a lot of that stuck in our body. And most of us aren't not as aware of their own intuitive ability to go back and see what created that like I did. So do you have any last bit of advice to give people that want to access their creativity? Yeah, I guess there's a couple things. One is if you don't meditate, I would really encourage you to find a meditative process because I think our higher self is where a lot of this information comes from. And and to be able to just make that channel open a little more can be really helpful. And and, and then the other piece of that is, you know, not to isolate. And, and I'm saying this to myself. Yeah. And and get get in a group of other like-minded people that, you know, that really can help the creativity as well. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Candace. It's been fascinating. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I'm so honored and thank you so much. Hey listeners, thank you for being here. Wasn't that a wonderful chat with Candace Campbell? I love that she lives so close to nature and the idea that creativity comes from our higher selves. What do you think about that? Let me know by sending me an email to info at ownyourcreativity.com. I'd love to hear what you think, as well as any other comments, questions, or suggestions. Also, I want to remind you of the Digital Swag Bag Contest. It has four gifts in it to inspire your creativity, and the contest ends March 23rd at midnight. To find out more and how to enter, listen to the end of yesterday's episode. Tomorrow, I'll be talking to the amazingly inspiring Rob Levitt. He is a musician and community builder who makes everything seem so, so possible. Until tomorrow, own your creativity. Creativity.